I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 508 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an awesome guest for you guys today. Brandon Tatum joins me on the podcast. Brandon is a former Tucson police officer who became one of the most prolific speakers and exciting personalities on social media after he made a Facebook video that scored over 70 million views. Brandon is consistently speaking to crowds of over a thousand people. He has shared the stage with many of the world's most renowned speakers and leaders, including President Donald Trump. Brandon was an All-American high school football player. He even entered the NFL draft back in 2010 before becoming a police officer and eventually a SWAT team operator. I had the honor of meeting Brandon at the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit down in Florida. We recorded this interview live there at the event. Brandon was one of the keynote speakers of the Student Action Summit. We had just a wonderful conversation about fatherhood and family life. That interview is coming straight ahead, so please stick around for the interview. And as I mentioned, today's interview was recorded live at Turning Point USA, so if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Officer Tatum, please flip it back to my interview with Sebastian Gorka, which was also recorded at the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit, and lock it in for some of the other upcoming interviews that I recorded there at the event that I will be dropping on here soon. And make sure you lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. I got some great ones coming your way soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, hit me with that rating and review. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Officer Brandon Tatum. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if you're looking for a great night's sleep, you have got to get a MyPillow. Guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. There's a reason why MyPillows are flying off the shelf, and that's because it is a first-class product that's made right here in the United States of America. And the comfort doesn't stop with just the MyPillow. Check out MyPillow.com, and you'll see a whole wide variety of comfortable products, such as towel sets, Giza Dream Sheets, mattress toppers, MyPillow bathrobes, pajama sets, and so much more. You guys have heard my interview with First Class Father and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell right here on the podcast. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save up to 66% off their orders. That's right, up to 66% off on MyPillow.com by using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Or simply call 1-800-875-0219 and your savings will be instantly applied. Don't go another night without a MyPillow. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD or call 1-800-875-0219 and save up to 66% off your order on MyPillow. All right, Alec Lace live here at Turning Point USA, joined by First Class Father Brandon Tatum. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have two children. I have a five-month-old, and I have a 10-year-old. Ten, ten so it's a big difference between, you know, the ages, but I have two boys, and I'm very proud of them. Wow, very cool. You going for the girl here, or are you all done? No, no girl. I don't want any girls. If God gave me a girl, I would I would receive that and accept that, but I think we're done. I think we're probably done. I, I said the same thing. On the fourth try, we got the girl, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we got three boys and a girl. So, 
Um, so how old were you then? You said you have a 10-year-old. So about how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, I think I was like 23 or 22, 23 years old. Um, it was in a critical point in my life because I wasn't married, which which I, I don't advocate. Please don't get don't have children out of wedlock if you can you can avoid it. Um, so I wasn't married. I was in a transition period in my life where um, I was in the NFL draft. I didn't get drafted, and I was looking for opportunities. Um, I needed a, a career because I had a res- I had responsibilities, and I couldn't keep chasing a dream that was not occurring as related to football. So I really needed to step up and be the father in my family and provide. And so I, I, I took the job as a police officer when it became available. Um, and, and that's what really propelled me um, into the success that I have today. And it, and it really helped me be a stable father and give my child a stable dad in an environment uh, when he grew up, even though him and, his, him, and mom, him and his mom and I weren't together. Right. Well, that's one big thing that's helpful is co- if you can find a co-parenting relationship that works. Because as you mentioned there, too, we have so many kids that are growing up without a father. It's a fatherless crisis in our country. I talk about it all the time, but you mentioned it there too. It's like one of the things to avoid poverty in this country is to not get, ma- not have kids to get married, right. graduate high school, and get a job. It's very simple things to do. It's not like it's a really long list that you have to accomplish. Yeah, fortunately, because God had his hand on me, even though I did something I shouldn't have done, um, he had his hand on me and gave us opportunities to be successful, even as parents who had not had an established career yet. And then now, you know, obviously my youngest son, I'm married. You know, we, me and my wife had um, our first child. And so both of those dynamics are, are very interesting because although my son's mom and I are not together, I'm still in his life. He's actually with me this summer. I'm in his life. I'm consistent. He can call me on the phone anytime he needs to. I'm involved even though I'm not there. You know, most of the time. Now, how is it? What's it been his response to your five-month-old or your, your younger son? Oh, he's, he's excited. He's glad to be a big brother. You know, my son is—he's an—he's an incredible blessing. He's the—he's the easiest kid ever. He was easy when he was a baby, and now he's just got such a warm heart and a, and a genuine young man. And I'm very proud of him, and I'm proud to to give him a sibling. Very cool. What, what would you consider to be the top values that you're hoping to instill in your boys growing up? Integrity. Do the right thing when nobody's watching. Um, I want him to understand and, and have a relationship with God and to take his rightful position in society. You know, he's a leader, born leader. His father's a leader. His grandfather's a leader. I want him to understand the value of the family name and, and, and put all of those things together and be successful in it. I, I want him to not fall into the trap of racism and all this bull crap. And I want him to be a, a man that believes in hard work and dedication and it'll pay off. Yeah, very well said. How about as far as um, discipline, Brandon? What's your discipline style as a dad, and is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, my dad was a little more aggressive, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, I remember I got my butt whooped because uh, I didn't do the dishes when I was supposed to. I had my friend Darius over the house, and my dad said, "Don't bring, don't have nobody over the house while I'm at work." I thought Darius was cool, but I guess he wasn't. You know, so <laughs> you know, I got my butt whooped a lot. When my son, I started out with that. You know, he get in trouble, I'll have to get him. But now, I mean, ever since he was, I don't know, two, you know, and I, of course I went with him with a belt when he was two, but I give him a pop on the hand, pop him on his butt. Uh, but now I don't even have to spank him. He know what time of day it is. I tell him, you know, you need to do this or you want, I'm going to have to get you. He know exactly what that means, and, and I don't have to put my hands on him, which I'm, which I'm happy to, to not do because I don't want – I feel like violence, you know, whippings are pretty violent. Sometimes they need it. But if I can – my son is a thinker like me. He's logical. And it's more effective to talk to him than it is to spank him. So I'm glad that I don't have to do it now. He listens. I'll say this. like I, Of my four kids, they respond to different 
disciplined styles because I have one kid I can spank him all day long and it isn't going to have any effect. I have one I can just threaten and it's enough to straighten him out. And you know what? I grew up with that kind of philosophy of like, hey, just wait until your father comes home. And that was enough to kind of keep me straight. And I think we talk about not having the fathers in the home. Uh, you see these kids that are doing the, the rioting and the breaking the windows and stuff like that. If that were me, I would rather the police get me than my father get me. You know what yeah, I mean? It was yeah. that type. And if you don't have that, that fear of it, it, it just seems like that's why we're having all this chaos. And we're trying to solve all these other social issues, Brandon. But unless we strengthen the nuclear family units in our country, I just think we're just going to just keep running around in circles. Well, let me tell you this. You know, I got arrested when I was eight years old for smoking marijuana in a vacant house. Now, of course, my dad didn't know that we were doing this. We were hoping to God that my cousin's parents come pick us up and we act like it never happened. But Mr. Tatum was called, and my daddy came in there like a wrecking ball, right? He, was, he said he was gonna kill us and everything in front of the police. Now, I'll tell you the, the, the benefit of that is that my father, I was more afraid of my father and I respected him more than what police could ever do. They could arrest me a thousand times. But when Mr. Tatum showed up to that scene, you know, showed up to the, uh, the holding cell, and we understood that we have to be held accountable for what we did, it changed my life. There is no government program, there's no after-school program. There's no diversion of money from policing to activities in the community that can replace my dad. There was nothing that nobody could do except for my dad coming there and saying, look, you need to be held accountable for what you're doing. And that changed my life. Yeah, yeah, very well said. And now, just turning it, listen, obviously you're a very you're a Trump supporter. You got the Trump shirt on. Yeah. It's just, whenever I bring guys on the podcast here, uh, Pompeo, Eric Trump, I get destroyed on social media for having these guys on just because they're conservative or Republican. What's been your response? I mean, you're, you're, you're a public figure now. What, what has been your response? How, how has been the criticism and has it affected your family at all? Well, first of all, I haven't affected my family. Unless you pay my bills and you take care of my wife, I don't care what you think about it. Um, however, People, I've gotten backlash. You know, some people call me an Uncle Tom sellout because I support Trump. When in reality, I'm the logical one that can separate a person's, you know, what I think about a person's personal behavior than the policies that they're doing that, that can really help our country. So I love Donald Trump for multiple reasons, you know, and I'm not afraid to say it. You know, he was he's a, a businessman that does, was very successful, an inspiring person in certain aspects. And, and I aspire to be successful like he, he is when it comes to real estate and business. Um, he was he was a great president. You know, I, I feel like he deserved another term, to be honest. But people give me backlash, and it, it's fine. You know, some people are ignorant, some people are just evil, and they're not taking care of my family, so I really don't care. Well, well said. And, and uh, we were talking about the fatherless crisis I, I, in the African American community. It's an epidemic. I spoke with uh, Michael Irvin about this at the Super Bowl. He laid out the statistics: seventy percent born out of wedlock. And he, I spoke to Lieutenant Colonel Allen West about this. Why is it affecting the African-American community so much, and how do we get it fixed? Now, it's affecting all, all, all cultures in America, but specifically in the African-American community. How do we get it fixed? How do we get the nuclear family unit back strong in the African community? Well, it's very, very difficult. You know, it starts one household at a time. It starts with fathers actually turning out and being there. You know, even though you may have a conflict with baby mama, you just need to be there. You need to do your best to be involved in your children's life. They grew up and be involved in their kids' lives, and then you can create and the generations of, of change that way. Also, we need the leaders to start really speaking about speaking out about these things. They they want to talk about police. That's that's the most illegitimate claim to devastation in the black community is the police. It's actually fatherlessness. And a lot of people come up with their own ideologies. But there's a young kid in uh, Albany, Georgia, uh, called King Randall. King Randall has a has a group of young boys that he mentor. I donated to to his uh, his uh, nonprofit organization, and he told me 90% plus of all the boys that he mentored don't have a daddy. So we need more mentoring. 
we need more leaders to step up and, and call it out for what it is. Even people on social media to, to call out for what it is. And we need fathers to step up and take their rightful position in their ch children's life, even if it stresses you out, even if it makes you want to pull your hair out, because it's invaluable for them to have you there. Not even you don't have to live in the house, just for them to be able to see who they are supposed to be or the legacy um, that is associated with them. I mean, daddies don't even have to talk. My dad didn't have to say anything. Just seeing a man that looked like me, that I come from, it, it was a was enough psychologically to help me understand who I really was. Yeah, and that's what it is. Not even just having the father, but a fatherhood figure, a father figure that's yeah. a presence. Like I had uh, James Buster Douglas on the podcast. He does his gym that helps so many young kids. The single moms, and God bless them, they're doing a phenomenal job. Some of them working miracles out there, but... They need that father figure for their, and some of them, they bring him into his gym uh, just so they can have some kind of father role model. So I love that there's people out there like you that have an impact and have an influence. So hopefully it gets turned around, because I really believe that if we can strengthen the family units, bring God back into society, 90% of the issues we're having would just start to evaporate. Yeah, and I love that single mamas are stepping the game up and doing it. Some of them are problematic because they create single mother situations when they shouldn't. Uh, but for the ones out there hustling and doing it, thank you for doing that. Um, that's incredibly inspiring for you to do your part when Father is not stepping his game up. However, that's not the way God ordained us to do this. So you can do as only as much as you can as a single mom. But the way to, to really revolutionize the experiences of young men and women in our country is to have the, an effective father there, present, available. There's nothing like getting a hug from your dad. My mom hugs me all the time. But when my dad hugs me and love on me and, and show me you know, love and, and support, that means that means a lot to me as a man. A lot of these men are they don't they never got a hug from another man. You know the emotional drought that they're in and they're looking for love in the wrong places. And I think that we really need to focus on that. It's not, it's not enough to be a single mom, right? It's not enough to create single mother relationships, even though they, they try their hardest. Men need to really step up and take their position. Yeah, I agree. Very well said. Well, obviously, you're here speaking at Turning Point USA. One thing I try to encourage the young men, like I, I, I was driving Uber for a long time, and I listen to a lot of the young men. When I tell them I have four kids, they look at me like I'm out of my mind. They're like, is it that's something they don't want to aspire to? And I always try to encourage them to have kids young because it gives you that sense of responsibility and that incentive to be a better man, to be a better provider. So uh, what's been your message? Here to the young, to the young people at SAS, uh, to believe in themselves. I mean, that's 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 probably number one. Have a good relationship with God and believe in yourself, and don't let anybody deter you from your dreams and your passions. Um, don't ever think that there's a dream that's too high esteemed or too radical. You go for it, and that's what I've done. That's why I'm able to be here and speak. I used to be a police officer. You know, nothing against being a police officer, but I have made steps um, to increase my influence, and that's because I believed in myself and I and. And I've had integrity when I've done the things that I've done. So I tell these young people, believe in yourself, man, because a lot of people are doubting themselves. That's why somebody can call you a racist and, you, you know, tuck your head between your leg, tail between your legs. Believe in yourself. Uh, speak life over yourself. Uh, believe in God. Have a great relationship with God and everything else will work out. Yeah, great. You've been crushing it out there, no doubt, Brandon. The last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, understand your position. You know what I'm saying? You, you are the leader. No excuses. You know, you are the man of the house. You need to take your position. It's going to be hard. It may be tough at some times, but it's only as tough as you make it. Have a relationship with God. That's your father, right? The, the, the heavenly father is the, is the perfect example of a father. You know, understand that and just keep persevering. It's going to be hard. You know, especially the fathers that are married with children, your wife going to get on your nerves sometimes. That does not mean you need to leave. That don't mean you need to walk away. That doesn't mean that you need to act out of character. 
it means that you need to step up in character. You know, me and my wife, we, we, we don't get along all the time. You know, we argue about certain things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't go and point my finger at my wife and say, well, she was wrong. I go back and say, baby, I'm sorry for, for what I did. You don't never have to apologize to me. But for, for what I did, I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm going to be a better man. And that's what I do. I try to be a better man every day. Yeah. And I think we should do that and implement that with our children. You know, discipline your children as you see fit, but understand that the sacrifice you make now is going to benefit them tremendously in the future. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say, Brandon Tatum, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you oh. for giving me a few minutes of your time here God, first-class father. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it. Back to wrap things up here at First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Brandon Tatum for giving me a few minutes of his time there at the Student Action Summit. It was such an honor to have him on the podcast. Uh, please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's interview. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace, where you will find all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some great ones coming your way soon. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales As tall as a tree